Kia ora, I'm Erin Keem and you're listening to Conversations About Closets with my closest thousand friends. I started this project to get me through a gloomy Seattle winter, which was hitting me hard. The thing is, I love women. Why not showcase them? Why not call women I've never met, have our first conversation, record it and turn it into a podcast? So that's what I did. I didn't edit, I still don't. Some days I'm on fire, some days not so much, and sometimes I even forgot to ask questions about closets. But all my guests are amazing. Listen up, get to know them, you'll be glad you did. If you want to be a guest on my show, go to erinkeem.com. I'd love to meet you. Aroha for listening, here's today's episode. Good morning, Good morning beautiful. How are you, my dear? I am fantastic. I have a hot cup of tea. The dog timed her bathroom bake perfectly. So (laughs) I am all ready to talk about how amazing you are. Oh, you're such a doll. Well, I really appreciate it. And I hope I didn't join a little bit too late. Oh, you were completely and utterly on time. I was actually sending you a connection request on LinkedIn because for some reason we're not connected. And I was wondering why I got an advert to prepare to become a pharmacist of <laughs> distinction. <laughs> I think it's a brilliant question. Maybe that's my next slide. We have no idea. <laughs> or maybe that's from, your next life. Is that of interest? <laughs> oh, Denny. But, you know, from realtor to pharmacist, from pharmacist, I mean, it's a logical leap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're so cool. Did you? So you are. The, sorry, go on. Go on. I was going to say, did you happen to see the video I sent about New, um, New Zealand? No, not yet. Tell me what's on it. It's hilarious. It's one of, I guess, one of the more popular comedians. I don't recall his name, but he's really trying to promote that. You know, stop sending the same old pics of New Zealand for you know by your tourists. You need to go out. And do something a lot different because everything is the same. So he's just being really critical of all the photos on Instagram and social media. It's really cute. You'll have to watch it. I'm totally going to watch it. And yes, we do tend to get the same pictures over and over again, you know, basically based on Lord of the Rings. (laughs) That's funny. And I guess I'm not surprised. Well, no. And I mean, yes, yes, we are absolutely stunning. We are a magnificent country for nature, but we don't spend all our time at Hobbiton. No, you clearly don't. And I'm desperate to do the Milford Trek. I am, that is so high in my list. Have you done that? No, uh, we actually have a saying in New Zealand, don't leave home till you've seen the country. And <laughs> and I've completely done it the wrong way around. I've been to at least 14 different countries and I've never done the Milford Sound. Oh, isn't that funny? Well, it's there if you decide to return, which I'm sure you will. I do plan on it at some point, at least, at, uh, le- the least of which is not because my best friend is my sister and she's down there and I miss her dreadfully. I'm sure. I'm sure. Are you able to chat with her frequently-ish? Absolutely. Uh, thanks to the joy of FaceTime, Messenger, you know, she normally calls when she's in the car driving to work and mm-hmm. and she works in a city called Takapuna, so it's right on the beach, which... I am also desperately jealous of at the moment, but let's get back to you. That is, I mean, that's so typical of you. You are so interested in your clients and you're so, uh, you know, relationship building is so important to you and being authentic that, of course, you turn the conversation back to me. Of course, because you're so much more interesting than I am. 
Okay, I, I'm going to disagree for a start. First of all, apologies, my dog is sneezing in the background. Now, you are a member, and I know you've got a dog, so you understand, but mm. you are with Windermere Real Estate. Yes, I am. I'm glad we agree. <laughs> Short answer is yes. <laughs> now, just to make sure we've got the spelling of, of Denny's name right, it's D-E-N-N-I and then Sheffron. And please tell me I'm pronouncing that right. S-H-E as in she, as in women, and then F-R-I-N. That is correct. I'm so pleased I can spell. I am reading it off your website. <laughs> no, you are. <laughs> and interestingly enough, it's very phonetic, isn't it? It really is, which makes my life much easier. <laughs> hey, you are a member of the D Diversity Committee at Washington Realtors. What does that mean? You know, this is a new role for me. I just began uh, in January. So I don't have, um, I guess, a clear enough understanding because I'm learning as well. But in general, oh, gosh, just to kind of back up a little bit, um, there is so much uh, historic racism that's engendered in how cities formed in essence, how zoning has played out, how loans were given, perhaps you've heard the term redlining, and it's systemic. And, uh, and as I said, I think it just kind of evolved in terms of how cities have evolved to an extent where there's um, quite a variance in terms of racial equality. So, Long overdue, um, the Washington State Diversity Committee and Washington State Realtors on the whole is looking at ways to provide better education. And I think part of that education is helping the broader, well, helping realtors, number one, and then having them transcend their education to those that they are helping uh, in the real estate realm to understand their own biases, number one, and to be reflective in terms of making sure that everybody is treated fairly and equally. And again, I think that that does transcend into, you know, helping them get loans or whatever might be necessary or recognizing, I think, first of all, the disparity and helping people find their next home, irrespective of anybody's background or creed, race, color, etc. So uh, at the national level, there, um, there's a big push for improved education um, for realtors and helping them understand how they play a role in ensuring that the communities are diverse. Um, so I'm, perhaps it's the long and short of it. Um, at the national level, they've introduced actually a, um, a role playing, if you will. So they've set up several scenarios and it's like either you've passed and we're going to offer you some additional insight in terms of what your own choices are and how you're working with a client. And again, these are specific scenarios. Or if you fail, let's give you some feedback so that um, you leave with a far better understanding of how you operate and how you hold conversations and how you hold um, these containers with you know those that you're helping. And by what I mean by container is as a realtor, you're developing such an intimate relationship with every client. It's critically important that there's trust and is you know, and it's very, very easy to break that trust, at, at, you know, early on in that building of a relationship. So that's the caution to engender trust and to really understand, I suppose, the individual foibles in terms of how we relate, what we say and what our mannerisms are um, without judgment towards the other person so that you can serve them in the best possible way. Danny, that's fantastic. 
I am learning as fast as I can, but I don't know what redlining. Oh is. no, I appreciate that. Um, goodness, I'll do my best to try to explain, but um, and I'm not sure. It even happened before the Jim Crow era, where. Um, you know, when there was an agreement to allow for racial equity and um, making sure that everybody had equal access to home ownership, et cetera, cities would then, as well as the lending institutions at the federal level, local levels, would start to decide, well, we're going to grant loans for these neighborhoods, but not for these neighborhoods for people of color. So literally, and there's a, and I can't remember which university created a redlining map. So you can go back into history and look at these maps and say, ah, these were the areas that precluded people of color. So they were not able to get loans. They were not able to live in these areas. So that's why you see certain neighborhoods that are, are have a predominant racial presence. And it's still pervasive, not so much the, the lending um, practices, but the neighborhoods have, you know, issues with respect to social equity, social and economic equity. So it's it's helping, um, I guess, the realtors because I think that there are several in my industry who still don't understand the tragedy as it relates to that and the importance of building um, building equity and trying to bridge those issues. Thank you so much for explaining that. Uh, coming from New Zealand, uh, there's a lot that I have to learn. Uh, we are very, very different. So uh, I really appreciate any information that I'm giving. Well, hey, if I can my question, um, because I know in New Zealand, you've got the Maori population. And I don't know if, you know, there's issues with respect to equity there. It may be different or look different, but do can you share a little bit more about that? I've only got my own experience and I can only speak to that. Uh, you'd be better off talking to my cousins because they are Māori and uh, Polynesian and uh, also from Tonga. So their experience, like I, 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 I can't speak for them. Uh, my experience is I'm shocked and bewildered most of the time uh, in America over a multitude of things because we have a treaty. Uh, I grew up uh, surrounded by Polynesians. Uh, to me, I'm as used to seeing brown as I am as seeing white in my own family let alone in my community and uh, I learned Maori at school uh, so but I can only speak to myself and I I yeah I, I these are questions I need to ask my cousins and and get more information about uh, how they experienced the way they right. grew up but for me there's a lot of things I take for granted which aren't taken for granted here. I mean, our, our police don't carry guns. Mm -hmm. uh, for a starter, we, we have a, um, there's so many differences that I <sighs> shocked and saddened a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, that based, and again, and again, I have a very limited experience. I've only been here a few years. Uh, I'm, I'm learning as fast as possible. Uh, if I may circle back to the city, uh, you are involved with the city of Redmond. Yes. So before getting my real estate license in 2002, I had been a city planner and an environmental planner. So I grew up in Colorado and worked for a couple of cities just outside of Denver. 
and then uh, moved to San Diego, worked for the city there, and then started doing more environmental planning work, but still under the auspices of a public agency, and then moved to Washington State and worked for three cities, including Redmond and Seattle and Tukwila, before deciding to get my real estate license. So now, circling back, I'm not counting the number of years that I had worked in Redmond between then and now as a volunteer, but I'm now on the Redmond Planning Commission. So I think um, the hope is, and it's actually the industry's changed a bit specifically in terms of terminology or nomenclature, because I'm kind of on the steep learning curve too. But as a planning commissioner, um, our role, and we're a seven member commission, is to um, have our staff, our planning staff at the city, in fact, one of the key um, projects right now is to update the comprehensive plan to 2050. So the all the cities within Washington state um, through the Growth Management Act, which was adopted back in 1990-91, is to have cities anticipate how they're going to grow and then identify the environmental impacts, what are the impacts to public facilities such as you know water, sewer, garbage, police, fire, schools, etc. So now the city is undergoing another 30-year projection and the staff is presenting um, the different elements of this comprehensive plan first to the planning commission and then the planning commission um, typically the role is to make a recommendation to the city council who has a final decision making authority so um, we have an amazing amazing staff and we actually had a meeting last night so we meet Actually, we're going to meet several times uh, each month to review these uh, presentations. And, you know, the comp plans are divided into elements such as for housing and for, I guess I kind of touched on this, and uh, the environment. So in, a, in other cities, again, have this obligation to project out. And the county, in turn, um, allocates per, uh, populations to each of these cities that, in turn, we have to consider how we plan and how we adapt and we're waiting I think, for the county to um, and tell us what that, uh, that population number will be. Go ahead. And, uh, you, you've just got me thinking about so many things. Um, I was thinking about the city mm. I grew up in and how I, looking back on it, when I was growing up in the 60s and the 70s, uh, my suburb was called Nappy Valley because it was young families and it was predominantly white. I was thinking how where my aunt lives, it's predominantly brown faces, where my other aunt lives, there's 16 different nationalities. And I was wondering what you think of the diversity. Of what a brilliant question. And I think that that's, I think that that's so eloquent because Erin, it's my opinion that we know what we know through our own life experiences, right? But then that becomes a lens that needs to be pried open to a, a large degree to understand, well, how, how does it feel to be a person of color or what is my, my experience? And I think, um, and that's where, gosh, we could go on and on about this, but that's where we can have such a breakdown in communication because we cannot ever put ourselves in their shoes ever. And so then the question becomes, are we inviting them into the conversation? Them, it's a very broad term. Who, who are the stakeholders? Who needs to have a say in how cities evolve. And in terms of Redmond and its diversity, while it's diverse, it's still predominantly white. 
Um, the second larger population is going to be um, Asian, which would include India and um, the Asian countries. Black representation is under 2%. So I guess in my opinion, it's not nearly diverse enough. Um, so, yeah. I was thinking about the diversity of where my husband mm. works and uh, he's in you know one of the big tech industries and there is definitely representation of, of people coming from certain different companies countries sorry because of the nature of the work right um, and I think you know to that end sorry. and I appreciate you bringing that up I mean Redmond is the home of Microsoft and Facebook has got a presence and I think and the east side as the whole, not just Redmond, but of course our adjacent cities are Bellevue. Bellevue has, gosh, over a thousand startup companies. They have a wonderful mapping tool that you can actually see where those companies are and the names of the companies. I don't know if it includes numbers of employees, but it might. Um, and so thanks to these tech companies, we do have a greater amount of diversity. And that's even indicative because of the grocery stores, right? Or you start looking at some of the amenity features that are nearby it's like oh so there's and which i love right because you're being introduced of course hopefully the day will come when the restaurants can open again and everybody feels safe and enjoying a meal out um and at the same time you know it's in fact we just got a notification or actually it was the county because they're looking at where to place the next um, treatment facility or actually a um a, a refuge facility, I'm not saying it correctly, but in any event, they had to translate the document into multiple languages, and there's still not enough languages translated in a, to help everybody understand what they're being asked to, in essence, weigh in on. But it's a start. Yeah, it, it really is. Talking to you, uh, I've been trying to learn as much as I can about America, and I just realized how much more I need to learn. Well, isn't that an interesting insight? And I think when we've when I travel, absolutely. Well, I'm so curious about the country or the place that I'm in, and I'm never there long enough to understand fully because you have to live in a place. Um, and the one thing I want to say with my clients, so many of them were born out of country, and I just adore learning about where they've grown up. And in fact, even if they're born here, one of my key questions when I'm starting, for example, to work with buyers initially is I want to know how they grew up, where did they grow up? What were the homes like? What was their favorite place in the home? Where did the family spend the most amount of time? Because I find that that informs some of the features that they might be looking for subconsciously. So my objective is to raise it to a conscious level. And it really helps them be better able to be more discerning as they're starting to, to explore the market. And it's a very difficult market right now for buyers because there's a tremendous amount of competition. You know, you and I have had the joy of actually having a conversation before, but this isn't a subject we've ever discussed. So I'm really grateful of this. I was thinking of when I lived in Japan and mm -hmm. I was a minority, but it was minority mm -hmm. with privilege because coming from, you know, being Caucasian and having English as a first language, I was sought after uh, by by the um, by the Japanese people as somebody who could teach them about you know, my culture, my country, um, but predominantly teach them English. So I was a sought after, I, I was a resource uh, 
it was a very privileged way to be. I mean, there was no way I was ever going to fit in. There was, as in, I, I will reframe that. There was no way I was ever going to blend in because uh, it's predominantly right. a homogenous society. There was no way I was going to be able to mingle into a crowd. And we talked about how it was like being a layers of an onion. Like no matter how long I'd lived in Japan, even if I'd married a Japanese, because my boyfriend at the time was Japanese, I'd married him if I'd stayed there if I'd had children I would never ever ever be Japanese or considered to be Japanese that was that was my experience and it's still one of the most wonderful mm. memories I've had um, of living there and mm. I grieved moving uh, from Tokyo it was one of those cities you know there are some countries you just go to and you're like if you believe in past lives oh. I was here before because I just felt so much at home and I've been to a lot of countries but that one I I just knew as soon as I set foot. Oh, that's supposed to be. There. That's beautiful. Well, and not only the lifestyle, but I'm just thinking about the housing, at least for what I perceive or what I've seen. Um, but what an amazing gift and experience that you gave yourself, just to be in an entirely different culture. And as I'm listening to, I'm thinking, you know, it's almost the experience of living within and living outside of, right? Because you'll never in that culture being a, a Caucasian and having the privilege that you describe, which is a whole other conversation, so critical. Um, you're sought out, but you're always on the outside, right? Despite the fact that you also felt mm. this was part of you. And so, so warmly embraced, so welcomed, treated so kindly. And I felt so safe walking down the road late at night was safe the only time I ever felt nervous as a woman was around other expats people from other countries uh, and such a gracious generous welcome welcoming kind people to me to me I can't speak to other people's experience but but to me uh, so yeah I was on and off there for wow. about seven years and it it's just yeah kind of my second country of choice well, what am I saying? America. I love you, America. I'm very grateful to be here. But it was weird moving here. Uh, we're supposed to be talking about more about you, but it was weird moving here because everything was so different but the same. I mean, nobody took any notice of me. I wasn't exotic. I was. Uh, nobody could tell I wasn't from here, uh, being Caucasian. No, well, no one could tell I wasn't from here until I opened my mouth. And I wasn't a big deal because there's so many different accents. And I'm the only New Zealander I know apart from my husband here. Uh, and, you know, it's still the same thing. Where's the post office? Where's the grocery store? Where's the local this? Where's the local that? Driving on the other side of the road. But still, it was so similar. So it's there was this weird sort of deja oh, vu that goes on. But I would imagine, too, just because of who you are, Erin, as a beautiful, gracious, welcoming individual, that makes sense that you would have that same experience in Japan because you were very open and you were able to adapt in a beautiful seamless way I'm sure that there were some challenges in the beginning because that would make sense but I think it just speaks to who you are as well don't you what a lovely compliment Japan worked straight away because I was able to make friends both with the Japanese community mm -hmm. but with the expat community the expat community yeah. there was very strong um Seattle, I was lonely, really, really lonely. Uh, it took me a long time to find women that uh, were, uh, what, what's a better word? Just women that I really resonated with. But Seattle, I was lonely when I first arrived because I'd gone from a very strong support network 
to not knowing anybody mm. but my husband. So, and I, I worked at it. I worked at it really hard. And the last uh, couple of years, oh, oh, um, and first of all, it started mm. just with other expats because we were in the same situation. But meeting more and more women, I mean, that's part of the reason I started the podcast was that I knew there were so many incredible women out there that I wanted to talk to. And well, this is such a privilege. Yes. But can I get back? Yes, but this is a wonderful me. thing that you're doing. I just cannot say enough about it. And I think you're really on to something. And I think that this is another conversation to have just in terms of bringing smiles and bringing, you know, it's a way to introduce women to other women and you to them, et cetera. So I really commend you. And it is so much fun introducing yes. women to other women. Because the more women that uh, get to know each other, the more we all rise, the more money we make, the yes. more the world changes. Yes, I am on a mission. Denny, what's the best way for people to get hold of you? I mean, you're with Windermere, so I can Google, Google your name very easily and Google Windermere and find you. And you have your own website, which is your name, dennysheffrin.com, D-E-N-N-I-S-H-E for women, F-R-I-N.com. Uh, which you and we didn't even talk about the fact that these are glorious photos. I am supposed <laughs> to bring up clothes at some point. There's a glorious photo on your website of of somebody skiing with a dog. I wish to is say it you? was or is. I am dying to go cross country skiing with my dog, but I just haven't because snow hasn't been great. But thank you for asking and noticing the photo. <laughs> But I know it is a beautiful photo on the website because I know you love nature and I know the outdoors and I and the outdoors yeah. and I know you do have a dog. There is a dog on your Facebook page. Can we? You can absolutely can. So his name is Jasper and he just turned one on the twenty sixth, so two days ago. And he's a Portuguese oh. water dog and he's a goofball, to say the least. And um, he brings us a lot of joy. And I'm so grateful that he's in another room right now and not trying to get my attention. <laughs> well he's still a puppy and hey the photo of you on your website is great you're wearing what I call a classic black not a, it's a, a leotard style top with a pair of jeans which when I think of a realtor I often think of you know that full suit that serious look and there's this beautiful woman who's just looking so casual so relaxed and so happy and I'm going to ask you about what you wore when you appeared oh you are hilarious and a little deep so I uh, there's so much to say about, uh, I guess, <laughs> stigma. That's why I, just, I needed that. Well, first of all, I'll answer the talent show question, you stinker. But um, the what I'm wearing in the photo and the um, on my website, I really had to debate, and I actually. I had feedback. It's like, maybe you shouldn't show as much of the jeans because the photo was, I had to do some cropping. It's like, well, is this professional? But it, it was a, a result of a photo shoot that I had scheduled for clients. I wanted them to come out with their families. I had my professional photographer. I had food. It was a beautiful park. It was this beautiful cloudy day as we are typical. And nobody showed up other than one so we took advantage. We had our other dog before. Sadly, he passed. And I said, all right, let's do some uh, let's do some professional photos. So there you go. And then... Well, it, you, you do. You come across so authentic, but you're avoiding the question of the talent show. And if you don't talk oh, about I'm it, happy I will to describe talk about what it. you're wearing. So I'm 
when we were asked way back, this was two years ago now, who we're doing a talent show, who wants to participate, an arm of mine shot up without me having any control over it. And I didn't even know what we were going to do. So uh, we ended up doing, you know, a country swing sort of dance to one of our, she was um, our staff person at the time, a gorgeous, gorgeous singing voice. So we did a line dance. There were four of us and I'm just wearing a I'm not a fan of plaid, but I found a plaid shirt, ripped out the shoulder, you know, ripped out the arms. So it's kind of sleeveless. I do have a cowboy hat, jeans. And I found some awesome cowboy boots at a secondhand store. And there you go. And we had a blast. It was really fun just to try to memorize the steps. And then it became second nature until I'd forgotten everything. I went line dancing once and I was awful at it, but it was so incredibly fun. And I got to wear my red cowboy boots and my, my oh. buckle. So I was happy. And I would like to point out that you did an, uh, your performance to Casanova Cowboy, which has to be the best name of a song ever. And then you did All About the Bass. And I'm imagining. Oh, that was so much fun. We actually changed. So we wore yeah. what we wore that evening. And I loved love that song and just we were just it was really a fun thing to do and I will say that um, we won the talent show but there was a little controversy but in our hearts we won so I'll just leave it at that <laughs> oh it was such a joy to talk to you today you you provided such food for thought I really feel that I've learned so much and I am going to go back mm -hmm. and study more of my own country's history and what it is like for what it is what it is like today. I haven't lived there for a while, but I have thank you for putting me on a path to learning more about my own uh, the situation. Oh my gosh, my, my pleasure, Erin. And please, I know you're gonna keep doing what you're doing. And I we've talked we talked about this about the potential of writing a memoir or a book that you actually are collecting the stories from the people that you're coming, you know, that you're meeting through this experience of yours. So I really, I'm so excited for you. I so commend you. And um, the podcast that I've listened to already, the women are just amazing. So thank you for bringing you because it's because of you. They really, really are. I spend a lot of my time just going, wow. Hey, I'm going to do a very quick commercial break. And you have to okay. listen to it because otherwise the recording will get cut off. But if, if you want to look great in your professional photos for your website, uh, first of all, you could call Denny because she nailed it. But mm -hmm. that's part of what I do. When I up-level women's style, we will look at the whole picture. We'll look at your social media, media photos. We'll look at your website photos. We'll look at your on-camera background. We'll look at how you present yourself on camera when you're with clients. We will look at you from the waist up or from the, you know, which is very particularly relevant right now. And we'll also look at how you are presenting yourself in the best way. So do reach out for a free 30 minute consultation because I want you to look and feel great on camera so that you can get out there and earn a ton more money and help change the world. Lovely. Done. I'm done. I'm done. You can, you're good. Oh, now. We can thank you. Up. Thank you. And I probably <laughs> should actually have your consultation, but thank you so much, Erin. It's been a joy. All right. Bye. Uh, it's been a